Welcome to the awesome pod mix. You are listening to Abby. The idea behind this podcast was to talk about how certain movies and TV shows made me feel when I watched them for the very first time. A reputed filmmaker once said, "When a piece of art invokes a similar feeling amidst a large audience, it's the triumph of the filmmaker." That's the magic of cinema. I love the magic of cinema. Today, I'll be talking about the 6th episode of the TV show Shrinking. The show is created by Bill Lawrence, Jason Segel, and Brett Goldstein. This episode's title is Imposter Syndrome, written by Annie Mabin and directed by Randall Keenan Winston. The episode begins with Sean's sigh over the black screen. His voiceover describes how small little things trigger him: a sound, a smell. It's not like a memory; it's like reliving it. Jim explains that these types of flashbacks are super common. That's our brain's way of processing trauma. Sean feels his brain is an asshole. We all feel that way, Sean. We all do. Jim acknowledges and confirms that our brains are a whole boardroom full of assholes. Judge, critic, someone at the back of the room wants you to eat more hot wings even after a huge dinner. To move forward, he's going to have to All Jim can think right now is about hot wings. Sean and Jim burst into laughter. Well, Jason's other character Marshall from How I Met Your Mother used to love hot wings too. In an episode titled The Window, old Marshall says, "It's not that the wings are too hot. It's that I already had wings earlier, much earlier." I guess Jason Segel loves hot wings. In the office kitchen, Paul walks in and checks with Sean how it's going. Sean affirms that he's doing the work and it sucks. Paul reveals he told his daughter about his Parkinson's condition. Meg is flying down next week to ensure Paul gets the best possible care. So even Paul feels it sucks. Paul says, "At least you are facing the pain." He looks at Jim. It's important cuz if you don't face the pain, eventually it'll come back and get you when you least expect it. That's exactly what Jim is doing. He's avoiding his pain. Jim inquires if Paul's talking to him or Sean. Paul says he's talking to Sean. Jim says, "But Paul was looking at him." Paul says he can look anywhere he wants. Paul's lying because he does mean it for Jim. The pain will get you when you least expect it is sort of foreshadowing for this episode. Paul compliments Sean for putting in the work. Paul still looking at Jim says, "You're doing a great job, kid." Jim thanks Paul, but Paul flips it saying, "He was talking to Sean." At this moment, Paul is just doing this to prove a point. Paul says, "So needy, Jesus." Paul understands that this one was for him. The title sequence begins. Over the exterior shot of a house, we hear the song "Stay Up" by Adeline Oasis. Rick is trying to seduce Gabby, but Gabby laughs because the eye contact makes her feel like she's in a perfume commercial. They try loosening it up, but it's not working for Gabby. She's cooking up excuse after excuse, and then she shakes his hand. That's something she usually reserves for after sex. Liz is surprised to hear all about it. She's in her car waiting to pick up Alice. Liz is just glad that she's one of Gabby's girls. As Gabby continues to explain how she feels, she asks why there is no female version of Get It Up. Yeah, why? Liz says because Juiced was stolen by steroids. That's some incredible writing right there. 
Gabby wonders what's wrong with her. Liz explains that it's nothing. No one has morning sex. Why? Why does it have to be time specific? At the park, Alice is walking with Paul. She reveals Liz is picking her up. Paul complains that Liz raw dogged him at the cheese store. I don't think Paul knows what raw dog means. When Alice questions the same, Paul says it means to talk to somebody who doesn't want to talk to you. That's definitely not it. Liz gives Paul a can of gummy bears called Stankadelic. She thinks it'll help Paul with Parkinson's anxiety and tremors like her Pilates instructor's cousin's aunt. Liz says, best case scenario, it helps. Worst case scenario, you get high and buy another one of those hats. What's with people not liking Indy's fedoras? Alice suggests Paul not to take the gummy bears after drinking or he'll vomit. Talking from a personal experience there, Alice? Paul warns Liz not to raw dog him again. When Liz checks with Alice about what Paul thinks raw dog means, Alice lies saying she doesn't know. Probably Alice didn't want Liz to get hurt. The next scene begins with a close-up of a pair of hands putting a ring box on the table. The engagement ring is unveiled. The camera tracks back to reveal it's Brian. Gabby reacts. Wow, you finally bought it. It cuts to a wider shot and we see that Brian is in the office kitchen with Gabby and Jim. Brian replies, Mm-hmm. Gabby says, Tell us. Jim says, We will react correctly this time. Gabby confirms what Jim says, saying, That's right. Brian says, I'm gonna ask Charlie to marry me. Gabby cheers and Jim reacts like the kid in Home Alone. Jim asks Brian how he plans to propose. Brian reveals he'll invite all his friends someplace and then he's gonna pop the question in front of them. If Charlie says yes, surprise engagement party. Gabby asks what if he says no. Brian says in that case his friends will be there to console him. Either way, he'll be the center of attention. Unfortunately, his place is not big enough for a party. Of course, Brian wants Jim to open up his home for him, but Jim doesn't say anything. Even Gabby keeps looking at Jim so that he would offer his place for the party. At home in the kitchen, Alice inquires why Jim didn't offer the place for Brian's engagement party. Jim is not sure about opening his house to the world yet. Alice says, we are doing so much better. Jim asks, we? Like, we like each of us as individuals? Or we like a daddy-daughter unit? Alice reacts with what-the-fuck expression on her face. Jim says, I see your face and I shouldn't have said daddy, father, father-daughter unit. Alice rolls her eyes in disbelief and gets up to go. Jim says, Oh, I get it. You don't like it when I say unit. Alice opens the refrigerator and says no. Alice tries to convince Jim. Come on, you and mom used to throw parties all the time. Mom loved parties. Jim says, Pulling the mom card, huh? Alice replies, Uh-huh. Jim struggles for a moment and says, Okay, fine, yeah, let's do this. Alice can't believe her ears. She checks, really? She rushes and hugs Jim. Jim is surprised and overwhelmed. He reacts, oh wow. Alice has one final question. Wait, so how do surprise engagement parties work anyways? The scene cuts to a dressed up Brian as he explains. Here's how it's gonna work. I love these dialogue transitions. In fact, I can't write without dialogue transitions. Brian continues. Charlie thinks the party is because you won Therapist of the Year. Jim reacts. Wow, that's insane. How would they even judge that, Brie? Brian replies, 
Yeah, that's why it's insane. Jim is like, uh-huh. Brian continues. He thinks I'm coming over early to help you set up. Just as Brian says this, he fluffs a cushion on the couch. Brian now reveals the most important detail. When Charlie arrives, that's your cue to sit at the piano. And then you'll start to play and I'll sing our song. You are so beautiful. Jim is like, thanks, but what's the song? Brian says, you are so beautiful. Jim was doing a bit and Brian missed it. Brian feels he's off and asks if he should postpone. Jim comforts Brian and asks him to breathe because he's only panicking. You are so beautiful is a song by Joe Cocker. Jim reminds Brian, everything goes your way, right? Brian reacts, see, this is why you are therapist of the year. The song 360 by Darcy plays as Alice is in her room doing her 15 minutes of grief. Sean comes up to Alice and asks if anyone would care if he skipped this party tonight. He just doesn't want to tell old people he's unemployed. I get you, Sean. Alice wants Sean to attend the party and promises to rescue him if necessary. Alice tells Sean to go get dressed and Sean responds, I am dressed. Alice glares at him implying he's not dressed for the party. The doorbell rings and Alice wonders who the fuck shows up early to a party. Jim opens the door and it's Liz and Derek. Derek makes a terrible joke about wanting to beat the traffic because they live next door. Derek thinks he's never made that joke before and this transports Jim to a flashback where he was at his last party with his wife Tia. Jim tries to hold Tia's hand but she doesn't let him. This time Derek has brought a bottle of tequila as a present. Alice walks down the stairs all dressed up for the party. Jim reacts. Wow. You look so beautiful. Alice says, thanks. Jim's eyes well up. Alice says, okay, do you think you can stop before you overdo it? Jim can't keep it in. You look like a princess. Alice is like, why? Derek drags Liz to get a drink. Liz compliments Alice. Brian walks in and exchanges pleasantries with Liz and Liz's husband. Yeah, that's how he addresses him. Brian takes one glance at Alice and goes, Oh ho ho, you look amazing. Jim informs Brian that Alice doesn't like it. Brian says, you look like a princess. Alice replies, oh my god, thank you. Jim reacts appalled, what the fuck? Brian reveals only two people said no to the invite. One is Bernadette Peters and the other is Paul because Paul has something important to do tonight. That is a big fat lie. Paul is at home drinking wine over the song. She's gone by Daryl Hall and John Oates. He gets a text from his daughter that reads, Hey dad, arriving tomorrow at 1pm. Meet you at the office. Because Meg has lots to do, she even sends him her itinerary. Meet with neurologist. Discuss long-term care. Meet occupational therapist. Find local support group. Paul freaks out reading these texts. He takes a few stankadelics. His phone continues to buzz with Meg's messages. The song Let's Spend the Night by Graham Colton plays as some guests talk like idiots saying, Jim, we haven't seen you since the funeral. Others are reacting insanely hearing about Gabby's divorce with Nico. The other things that the guests are saying to Jim are, You and Tia were great. You and Tia were great together. The two of you were an inspiration. Tia loved you so much. All of this makes Jim drink an awful lot of tequila. 
Gabby discusses her issue with Liz about how she went out with three hot dudes and couldn't Lady get it up for any of them. Liz has been trying to think a term for that and she comes up with guac the taco. Neither Gabby nor I like that term. There's a knock at the door and Brian thinks it's Charlie, but it's Paul dressed up like he's come for a funeral. Paul has no clue what he's doing at Jim's house. He complains to Brian that Liz tried to kill him. Liz of course didn't do that. Liz tends to Paul and makes him have some food. Jim now starts to drink from the bottle that Derek got him as a present. Ben arrives and hugs Jim. Kiara, the girl from the first episode, is with Ben now. She gestures Jim not to spill the beans. Jim now remembers how Ben's marriage was on the rocks and so was his. I'm guessing Ben is an old friend of Jim's and Tia's. Paul is paranoid, freaking out and is parched. He wants a popsicle. Liz orders her husband to get Paul a popsicle. Paul thinks Derek is a waiter and calls him a dick. Paul blames Brian for his condition because Brian pushed Paul to reveal about his Parkinson's condition to his daughter. Paul is upset because his daughter Meg is flying down tomorrow to take charge of his care. He thinks his daughter Meg feels obligated. Paul tells Brian, it's emotional blackmail, like you are springing this proposal on Charlie in front of all these people. Brian says it's not emotional blackmail. Then he questions Liz, is it? Liz replies, it's not, not that. Liz and Paul break into peals of laughter. Brian wonders why Liz is laughing. Then she clarifies she also took one of the gummy bears. Paul starts to chew on his tie. Liz stops him and says, No, remember, we talked. Ties are for wearing, remember? We talked a lot about the tie. Liz is such a great mom the way she's taking care of Paul. Jim introduces Kiara to Gabby. He reveals that Kiara and him mostly played Uno because Jim couldn't get it up. Kiara confesses that earlier she was a sex worker and now Ben pays for everything. Gabby is curious to know how Kiara can lady get it up for an old guy like Ben. Kiara says, you mean grease the peach? Now Gabby likes that term. She yells it out to inform Liz. Liz loves it. I too think it's not bad. But we can do better than this. For now, grease the peach it is. When Jim turns, he spots Alice taking two cups and two bottles of beer. Sean and Alice are having a conversation about how old people love to talk about themselves. Jim comes up to Alice, sniffs her drink and says, Seems like you are drinking. Alice thinks it's no big deal. Alice is worried about Jim. She asks him, What's up? Do you need some water? Like a complete idiot, Jim spills the beans. He says that Alice is trying to look cool in front of Sean because she thinks he's beautiful. Jim heard it when she whispered it the other night. You don't embarrass your kids like that, Jim. Alice's expression changes and she rushes to her room out of embarrassment. Sean follows her upstairs. Gabby checks with Jim what's wrong with him. Jim reveals how everyone thought he and Tia were a perfect couple but they were fighting much before Tia died. Jim feels like a fraud, an imposter. Imposter syndrome is also the episode's title. Tia blamed Jim for not being happy with her life. Jim was not thrilled to learn this. Jim thinks Tia didn't love him and wanted to leave him. Gabby assures Jim that Tia did love him and wasn't planning on leaving him. Jim wants tangible proof but Gabby can't prove it. Liz explains to Paul that kids wanting to do something for their parents is a good thing. Paul shouldn't feel guilty about it. Liz has one simple rule. She was there for her kids so they better be there for her. She has earned it. 
But Paul wasn't there for his kid. He didn't earn it. Liz tells Paul that he should feel grateful instead of feeling sorry for himself. Paul wants something crunchy and cheese flavored. Liz yells for Derek. Paul asks, who's Derek? Liz says, the waiter. Sean comes up to Alice to show support. The song Casimir Pulaski Day by Sufjan Stevens plays. Sean thinks it would definitely cheer Alice up. The doorbell rings and Charlie is at the door. Brian makes Charlie sit near the piano. Brian calls Jim to play the piano. Jim is stuffing his mouth with turkey slices, I think. Paul is now eating from a red Dorito pack. Brian puts the sheet music atop the piano, but Jim throws it away. Brian takes center stage and makes a speech. Tonight is a celebration, but it's not what you think. Jim plays a slow version of You Are So Beautiful. Brian sings and Jim joins him. It's a disaster. Brian sings, not a do it. Jim continues to ruin Brian's proposal by singing. He then pukes like crazy. Gabby comes to Jim's aid and takes him away. Paul says, I am too high for this shit. Liz says, I am not high enough. Outside the house, Brian is pacing. Charlie joins him. Brian reveals it was supposed to be a surprise proposal. Jim ruined everything. What a giant fucking disaster. Charlie responds, yes. Brian questions, yes, yes it was a giant fucking disaster or... If I were at Brian's place, I would ask the same question. Charlie cups Brian's face. Charlie says, I will marry you. Brian cross-checks. Yeah? Charlie assures. Yeah. They kiss. Brian shows Charlie the ring. Charlie reacts. It's beautiful. We hear a crunch. The camera pans left to show Paul eating Doritos behind Charlie. Paul asks Charlie to put on the ring and congratulates Brian and Charlie. Paul asks, You want some advice about how to keep your marriage together and keep your daughter from becoming estranged? Charlie and Brian say in unison, No. Paul continues, Stay open. Stay open. If your defenses come up, you are fucked. But two vulnerable people will always find a way. The scene cuts to Alice and Sean in Alice's room. As if these two are the vulnerable people who will find a way. Paul's voice off screen says, to connect. Two vulnerable people will always find a way to connect. It's such a beautiful line. There's this amazing song that plays. I had to do a lot of research, but I figured it's an unreleased version of Body Bag by Charlotte Lawrence daughter of Krista Miller and Bill Lawrence. Then I found Bill Lawrence's tweet confirming the song. Alice tries to make a move and kiss Sean. Sean doesn't let Alice kiss him. It's very mature of Sean to do this. Alice apologizes. Sean says you are just a kid, which is a fact. But from Alice's point of view, if you say that to a kid who just tried to kiss you, they are not going to take it well. It's humiliating. Sean leaves. Alice curses. Jim has gargled and showered and feels much better now. Gabby proves with a photograph that Tia had love in her eyes when she looked at Jim. Jim thanks her. They hug. When they retrieve from the hug, there's something between the two of them. They start to make out and the song What I Like About You featuring Teresa Rex by Jonas Blue plays. The end credits begin. Oh my god, what did they just do? 
I mean the last time they hugged during Gabby's divorce party and spoke about Jim's dick. I thought there was something there, but I brushed it off under the carpet thinking they are friends. It would be weird. Sex makes everything weird and complicated between friends. So the next episode's title is Apology Tour. I know Alice is going to apologize to Sean again. Will Sean forgive her and be cool with her? Will Gabby and Jim apologize to each other or will they start dating? Who knows? We shall find out together. Until then, you can listen to the Awesome Pod Mix and subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music and Google Podcasts. If you like what I am doing, you can support me on Patreon at patreon.com/awesomepodmix. Thanks for listening.